Mm-hmm. All right. Here we are in the Soteria Apostolic College of Biblical Studies and also streaming to Soteria Prophetic um, Ministries podcast. I want to first welcome my viewers who are following us in um, Ireland. Welcome to you, those of you in Ireland. Um, I believe Italy, South Africa, of course, um, my fellow United States citizens, um, UK, and um, gosh, there was another country that was represented that I wanted to make mention of, but nevertheless, I want to welcome each of you on board, and um, we're going to continue with um, our teaching courses in the um, Apostolic College. And many of you have been asking, like, how do I I get enrolled? How do I register? And that's coming. That's coming. Um, We're just, right now, we're just feeding the people. And um, these are just some Bible study courses. Some of you are, um, God is, has initiated within you an appetite to study the word of God. And so these classes, courses are um, provided for you to um, sort of stoke that appetite and um, give you some um, practical ways to study the word of God um, and to, um, you know, just to cultivate a deeper understanding of the word, okay? So welcome aboard. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Today's class is going to be, um, this will fall under the School of Ministry. Again, we're not um, enrolling yet, okay? That will come, but right now, this is one of the free classes in the School of Ministry. And today I'm going to be talking to you about the purposes of the anointing, all right? The purposes of the anointing. Now, many of you have heard um, people say, and some of us have said, there's an anointing on your life. I perceive um, that, you know, you have a double anointing or God is releasing a double anointing. And what we have done in the church is we have, um, we've become so... mm, how do I want to say it technically? We, we become real trendy with certain things. And a lot of us say things with not, without even really realizing what they mean. Um, we just say it because we've heard other people say it. And it sounds good, sounds deep and religious. Um, but many times we don't understand um, what that really means. What does it mean when someone says there's anointing on your life? What, what does that mean? You know, what are the responsibilities behind the anointing? What does that anointing do? And are they telling the truth? Do you really have an anointing? So those are some questions that you may want to ask yourself and they will be answered as we get through this class today. So again, the topic is purposes of the anointing. Now, David Guzik says that the word anoint means to rub or sprinkle or apply, I can't even pronounce that word, ointment or an oily liquid to, okay? I would say unguent, but I don't know. Persons in the Old Testament were often literally anointed with oil. You remember David when Saul, excuse me, Samuel went to anoint um, the king in Jesse's house and he tried to anoint Jesse's sons. And so it was a literal anointing. It was a literal flask or box of oil that, or container rather, that they had to anoint the next king or the next whomever, the chosen one. Um, In Exodus 28, verse 41, the priests were anointed for their special service to the Lord, right? Um, So this was a literal, in the Old Testament, the anointing was a literal application of the oil. It was public. Hear me when I say this. It was a public demonstration. It wasn't 
secretive, hidden, behind the corner, in the back alley, nobody knew. People celebrated, people acknowledged, and they recognized those um, who received that anointing. They celebrated, and there was an honor bestowed upon the one who received the oil. So this was a literal oil that was applied, and it signified the Holy Spirit being pres um, resident upon that person's life. <laughs> now, the Holy Spirit hadn't yet come to live within us because Jesus had to come and do that work. But in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would be, um, would, 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 um, Mm. Uh, it would use that person, it would rest upon that person, it would facilitate the work or help them um, complete the work, and then it would lift. Um, so it wasn't like we are carriers of the anointing like we are today. Um, this It was a literal oil that was applied, and it was a sign of the Holy Spirit uh, that testified that this person was sanctified, consecrated, and set apart for kingdom work. It was, a, it was a, a consecration unto a life of godliness, righteousness, and service to the king. So again, when we hear the terms, there's an anointing on your life, or there's a double anointing, or I see God increasing the anointing, I want you all to understand what that means. Are some of these things that we're saying, is it biblical? Can you go back in scripture and validate it? Can you find it in scripture? Okay, um, so this was a literal oil that was applied, but it was a sign of the Holy Spirit being um, placed upon or released upon that person's life and um, that signified and set them apart for service. The oil upon their head was the only an outward representation of the real work that was taking place on the inside. And of course, we know in our dispensation, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us and he leads and guides us into all truth and righteousness. In the beginning, when we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and ministers to us. And then as we are, we continue to grow and um, become baptized into the body of Christ, then the Holy Spirit ministers through us. And so that's when we pass the babe stage and we're actually um, in position where we've grown and matured to where we can be used by the Holy Spirit, okay? No longer is the Holy Spirit just ministering to us, but he is also ministering through us. So I'm going to look at Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27 for a little bit. The Bible says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, of course, the prophet Isaiah, the eagle eye prophet is talking here and he's talking about King Hezekiah in the natural sense. In the spiritual sense, he's talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. During this time, God had um, the time of Israel's chastisement was coming to an end. They suffered tremendously under, if you read the first um, the pre verses previously to that, you would find that the Lord put his um, whip on them. He whipped them. <laughs> they were, listen, I don't want those problems, but God chastised Israel so bad. He talked about, he said he was going to release or remove his whip. And so because, and I, hear me when I say this. Because of this whip, because a lot of people say, well, the enemy is attacking me. The devil did it. And yeah, the devil does stuff. But I also want you to be mindful that there are times that our failure to obey, our lack of submission can open doors for not just the enemy to attack. God himself can fight us. Okay. 
God himself can chastise us and you can cast out a devil. How can you break away from the Lord's will? You have to wait until his anger has subsided or until you have come to your senses like Jonah and say, okay, Lord, I yield, I yield, God, I'll go. So in this instance, God had um, was um, chastising Israel for some of the many things that they had done. But this was, they were coming into a time now of restoration where the Lord was releasing his hand of chastisement, his hand of discipline from the people, and he was restoring him them. And he said, in, in, excuse me, and it shall come to pass in that day because their day of deliverance was coming, their day of restoration, their day of redemption was coming. And the Lord said that his burden will be taken off that shoulder and the yoke come off your neck. Listen, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, many of us have preached that and we can preach that in terms of the anointing that destroys the yoke. And we've said it, the anointing destroys the yoke. There's a song, break every yoke. There's nothing wrong with that. But let me tell you what this really literally means. What it means is that the Lord was saying that the time is, my anger towards Israel has subsided. Okay, in other words, I'm done chastising y'all. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling sorry for you. I'm ready for you to be restored. And you'll see that happening cyclically throughout the Old Testament where God would chastise him, have mercy, chastise and have mercy. And so this was coming into a time where God was saying, okay, I'm about to have mercy. The time is coming. But in order to facilitate that mercy, it took a man, someone who was anointed that would stand up and undo the damage that was done as a result of Israel's rebellion and disobedience, someone had to stand up and sort of stand proxy and lead the people into this next season. And so this person during this time was none other than King Hezekiah. He was the anointed one. He was the oiled one. He was the set one, the one set apart who would break the yoke off the people. In other words, under Hezekiah's reign, the people would prosper, which as we talked about that heaviness, that oppression. If you know what a yoke is, it is a heaviness and it is an oppression. And so the Lord is saying, um, I'm, I'm going to break this off of you. I'm going to I'm going to hold my hand back of wrath. I'm done. I'm done with y'all for a minute. But in order for you to step into the season of prosperity, you need somebody anointed to lead you into it. And so that person was Hezekiah. Um, and so Hezekiah was the anointed one. He was what we would call, let's see, because of the anointing or because of the anointed one. All right. You also find that in the New Testament, which I might as well go there now, that Jesus said in Luke chapter four, verses 18 through 19, which is really the meat of message, the meat of this lesson. Jesus says, I'm the anointed one. So I want to back up here for just a little bit. Here in Isaiah, Isaiah is prophesying about this anointed one who's going to stand up and he's going to lead the people out of the bondage, out of the oppression, out of the heaviness, out of all of that stuff that they had to go through. Now, listen, they this was as a result of their sin. Sin has consequences. And those consequences were so, so heavy. You got to you got to read Jeremiah. You got to read Isaiah. You got to read Ezekiel. You got to read these prophets to find out. You know, you got to find out about this God that we call on and we play with. You need to find, you need to find out. You need to find out because I'm telling you this, there's a God that will bless your life and open doors and no demon can shut, but there's also a God that can shut you down. I'm telling you. And so his, the Lord said, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to hold my whip back from you, but you still can't go forward until I release somebody to lead you and show you how to do that. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. Y'all there is, there are people that God has anointed to lead you into your next season. 
there are people that God has anointed especially to bring you out of certain seasons of heaviness and oppression. And I'm going to show you that in scripture. So I wanted to just go back and kind of show you what Hezekiah's assignment was here. But then that I want to bring you into, and this is where we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about <coughs> Jesus. And we're going to, we're going to help you identify, you know, what did anointing look like? Who really is anointed? What does it do? You know, can you have a double anointing? Can you have more than one? What does it mean? What is my responsibility with this anointing? All of these questions are going to be answered in this lesson. All right. So here you find Jesus stands up and he quotes um, where he is quoted here in Luke chapter four, verses 18 through 19. Many of us have quoted it and we preached it, but I maintain to tell you now this is the acceptable time that you understand what this really means. The anointing has a sixfold purpose. Here's what Jesus said. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them, should be them, that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Again, this is Jesus. Now, I showed you what Hezekiah's purpose was in Isaiah 10, 27, to break the yoke, the burden off the people, to break the oppression, right? So the people could be anointed. So, I mean, so the people, so that the people could prosper. And Hezekiah was a chosen one. He was the anointed one to lead the people into a season of prosperity. All right. And so, but now Jesus comes and Jesus takes it a little bit deeper. He goes, oh, not just a little bit deeper. Jesus goes so deep with this thing. I'm telling you. And he, he says, listen, I'm not Hezekiah, <laughs> okay? I'm not just here to lead you into a season of prosperity. I'm not just here to break every yoke and break every chain. I, I'm not here. Jesus says, I'm here to fulfill the sixfold purpose of the anointing. And so in Luke chapter four, verse 18 through 19, Jesus explains to us the, per the real God intended purposes for the anointing. Let's look into it. Here we have, and I've sort of opened this up for you. The sixfold should be sixfold purposes of the anointing. Let's talk about this. I'm gonna break them all down group by group. Number one, he says to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, when there is an anointing on your life, because people will tell you, woman of God, there's an anointing on your life. Man of God, there's an anointing on your life. And that sounds real good. And it makes you feel real warm and you know, it just makes you feel real good on the inside, all warm and bubbly and loved and cared for and special. But guess what? Uh, you need to know the type of anointing that's resting upon your life. You need to know that. You, you can no longer wait for somebody to identify that for you. You need to have, and you need to, be, first of all, you need to be accountable to the Holy Spirit so that you can manifest what he's put on the inside of you, okay? So when you hear that, there's an anointing. I see an anointing. That's wonderful. That's that's amazing. But let's go. Let's go deeper, church, people of God. Let's go deeper. Let's identify what is that anointing that this woman sees on me, that this man sees on me, or that my dream is revealing to me. Which what which anointing is it? There are six. <laughs> okay. So so it's not enough to say, oh, praise God, hallelujah. No. Now I need to find out which anointing is operating in my life. Now, let me go back, okay? Because Hezekiah had an anointing that uh, 
literacy that could remove burdens from off shoulders and yokes from off people's necks, right? So he had a threefold anointing, but this anointing was confined to a season of um, hmm, restoration as a result of God's people coming out of a season of chastisement. So his anointing, listen to the, listen, hear God on this. Hezekiah's anointing was confined for that season, for that time, for that people. And the only purposes by which he was anointed, because remember, this was not the anointing like we have today that lives in us and walks with us. This anointing was placed upon him. And it was for a certain work. All throughout the Old Testament, you would find those who built the tabernacle had an anointing for creativity. Um, and, and they would do the work, hang the curtains and, and use the dye off of the beaver, beavers and animals. And they would hang those curtains and, and dye the wood and put up the furnishings and then the anointing would lift. <laughs> okay. So for Hezekiah, this anointing in Isaiah 10, 27 was restricted and limited only for the cause of restoring God's people to a place of prosperity. But now you and I, as we fall under the auspices of the new covenant and the Holy Spirit, as Jesus has preached and taught and demonstrated for us in Luke 4, 18, you need to find out which of these anointings do I operate in? Do I have all? Do I have two? You know? And then what is my responsibility with that? So let's get back and talk about that. So when we say that, and, and, and pray with me, I'm, I'm, I'm receiving a healing, praise God. Um, when we talk about to preach the gospel to the poor, that may be your anointing. I'm not here to tell you which it is. I'm just here to teach it to you, okay? To preach the gospel to the poor, does that mean literal poor people? Not necessarily. What this means is you may have an anointing on your life that enables you to reach people from all walks of life, not just financially poor. These may be people who are in, um, who may be socially awkward. They may be in, they may be culturally destitute. In other words, to preach the gospel to the poor means that you have a grace from the Father to reach people from all walks of life. Not everybody has that, but some do. There are some people, and you all may have heard it, they may say to you, you can talk to anybody. Man, you can reach anybody. Well, uh, woman, man of God, what they're, they're conveying to you is this first uh, full purpose of the anointing is you may have an empowerment and endowment from the Holy Spirit through the anointing to preach to anybody. Now, when I say preach to anybody, I don't mean your microphone and all that religious stuff. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you may have an unction from the Father, a grace, an empowerment, the anointing to minister a word in Walmart, at the circus, at the fair, in the jail, wherever you go, you have a grace. You don't, these types of people, the ones I'm talking to here that have this anointing to preach the gospel to poor and think about Jesus, right? Jesus preached to woman at the well. Jesus preached uh, to, to everybody, <laughs> folks who had food, who didn't have food, people who had money, didn't have money. He preached to the dead. He pre In other words, his, he, 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 he was able to reach everybody. He, he wasn't shut in that I can only preach to blacks. I can only preach to whites. I can only preach to the educated. I, I'm only sent to um, those who have doctors and letters behind them. No, no, no. This anointing 
to preach the gospel to the poor means that there's a grace on your life that you can reach anybody. It doesn't mean who, it doesn't matter who they are, where they come from. It doesn't matter their sexual orientation. It doesn't matter the gender. It doesn't matter the education. It doesn't matter their marital status. You have a grace from God the Father through the unction of the Holy Ghost to preach the gospel to the poor, to everybody. Some people are not like that. Some people are even saved and even spirit-filled, but yet growing, right? Like Peter, thank you, Holy Ghost, perfect example. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter was a mighty apostle to the Gentile, to the Jews, but Peter was racist. Peter, let's just be honest, Peter had some issues. He didn't want to preach to the Gentiles and he didn't want to deal with the barbarians. And the Lord had to work, the Holy Ghost had to work and teach and show Peter, listen, don't call common what I have cleansed. So again, not everybody has the grace to reach everybody. Some people can go down to the, to, to praise God. They can, I mean, you can see them just all over the place. Where you been over here? Where you coming from over there? I mean, they, they just, God can use them wherever, whenever, however. That's a grace and that is a purpose. That's one of the dimensions of the anointing. Let's move on because I, I could take a lot of time with that, but for the sake of time, I won't. Let's move on to healing the brokenhearted. These are those, remember, Jesus said, you know, this is uh, the, the, what the spirit of the Lord, right? The anointing is upon me. That's what that means. The spirit of God, excuse me, is the anointing. All right. And I'm, I'm, I'm flipping back and forth because I want y'all to see what I'm saying. Now he talks about, I'm also anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Again, not everybody has that anointing. You may have the anointing to reach a whole lot of people, but you may not be anointed to reach a broken heart. I'm just saying. And then some may have the anointing. Jesus had the anointing to do all of the, all the sixfold purposes of, of the anointing Jesus operated in. Not everybody has that. So to heal the broken heart, what does that look like? That's going to look like um, a, a kind, a spirit of kindness, the fruit, the gift of being kind. Uh, you give kind words. People, you know, when you have this anointing to heal the broken hearted, when you are the person people come to when they're going through something, <laughs> okay? When you when they go through something, when you get the phone calls of people crying, you get phone calls of people about to break up, you get phone calls of folks with marriage issues, with children issues, with you, if, if you're the one, because not everybody gets those phone calls, but if you're the one who's get those inboxes and those emails and those phone calls, it's because they have they are drawn and they are attracted to that dispensation of anointing on your life, that there is a grace upon you from God the Father through the Holy Spirit to heal the brokenhearted. And how did, what's the fruit of it? When you finish ministering to them, talking to them, hugging them or whatever, you'll hear them say, I feel so much better. I'm glad I called you. I'm glad I came here. I'm glad we talked. You will hear, the. you will see the proof of the release. All right? What, would you, the, what happened with Jesus? The, the uh, they, uh, man got up and walked, right? The demon man at, at the tomb of Gadara said, Jesus, let me follow you. Jesus said, nope, go home, <laughs> right? Listen, I don't, listen, I, I, uh, uh, you need to go home, right? But Jesus had the anointing to heal the brokenhearted. People who have an anointing to heal the brokenhearted are gentle people. Some may call them empaths. Um, they, are, they, are, they are approachable. It's not to say, you know, they may not have off day, you know, it can happen, but they have a grace to comfort those who need to be comforted. They are the ones when somebody needs a hug, they, that's who they go to. 
uh, when when somebody needs a word to kind of get out of a crazy season, that's who they come to. So that one of those purposes of the anointing, again, people say, oh, there's an anointing on your life. You need to know which of these anointings am I pressed into? Which one do I have, Father? What, what do I have? Again, you some of you may have all. Some of you may have one or two. Pray, I don't get praise, God. I don't know your capacity to contain what God is doing, but I want you to have the understanding is, um, you know, have the understanding to which which that is, is working for you. Let's move on. Deliverance to the captives. This is one of my favorite ones, y'all. These are the people who have the deliverance ministry. These are people like me. <laughs> These are people like my apostle. These are other people, many women of God, like some of you that listen, you are about it, about it. You were probably one of those. Thank God for my deliverance. Didn't mind fighting back in the day. You were the ones that people had to sit you down and shut you up because you was, listen, you had time. Young people say, I got time. Like my, my, my baby voice. <laughs> so I ain't got nothing but time. <laughs> These are those people. Oh, they got time. They have time. They will deal with your devil. They will cast your devil out. They Listen, deliverance to the captives. These are those that are not afraid of a devil. I don't care how long that thing has been operating in your generation. I don't care how he comes out growling and screaming and kicking and cursing and spitting. You got time for it. As a matter of fact, and you can probably hear me smiling, even though I'm receiving my healing right now. But you enjoy it. You enjoy casting out devils, right? So this dispensation and, and, and expression and manifestation of the anointing to preach deliverance to the captives is the ones who God has graced with the deliverance mantle, all right? They, they like I said, they cast devils out. They, um, you may find these types of people also working in uh, mental health facilities, because guess what, y'all? Deliverance doesn't just take place at the altar with a bucket. Deliverance can take place with someone helping you undo trauma. Someone help you process through living with a narcissist. Someone help you process abuse. Okay, let's expand our thinking. Let's go, let's go. Come on now. Let's, let's, let's think big. We serve a big God. We serve a real big God. So there are also people who have this dispensation, this, this manifestation of deliverance that you may never see them say, come out, come out in Jesus name, but you may see them working in mental health. You may see them working at behavioral health. You may see them as school counselors. You may see them as, um, you, you know, you, you're going to see them all over the place, right? Because they have that mantle, that anointing to minister deliverance to the captors, to, to set people free. And sometimes people need to be set free in their minds. Some people need to be set free from faulty thinking. So you have some folks who are some of the life coaches out here, you know, um, you, you just, you've got a way to talk to people and, and without laying hands or touching the old reaching for a bottle of oil, just in your conversation, people can feel, they can think clearly, you know, they can figure things out. They come to you so confused. I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to go. I don't know. And, and by the time you get done talking to them, these are people who also have the gift. They have the spirit of wisdom. They have a spirit of wisdom. Um, they have a spirit of counsel. <laughs> they, they will definitely cast out your devil. <laughs> they will cast out your devils. Um, but that's how that works. So again, there's an anointing on your life. Thank you. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, wh wh which area is that? Which, which area of the anointing do I operate in? How many, how many 
areas of the anointing do I operate in? All right. Okay. Let's go a little bit deeper. Recovering of sight to the blind. We're not just talking about the physical blind, which, yeah, Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus, but also those who are spiritually blind. These are teachers. These folks right here, they are recovering sight to people who are emotionally blind, spiritually blind, financially blind. They have a way to open your eyes. And let me tell you something. They can, they can, they can, uh, they can reveal things to you. You ever, you ever hear conversations, man, my eyes are wide open, right? My, I can see now. It's because there were areas of ignorance. Blindness also represents <clears throat> blindness also represents areas of ignorance or darkness. The Bible talks about the blind leading the blind. These are ignorant people. And when I say ignorant, I don't mean ignorant to be offensive. I mean ignorant to be in darkness where you don't know where you're going. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to, you know what I'm saying? You don't know where to go next. These are people <clears throat> and the recovering of sight to the blind. These people have teaching anointings. Again, these can be, you'll find some of these people are in accounting um, that they help you discover, especially, listen, <laughs> you have a, when you have a large tax liability and these are folks that say, hey, you know, you can use this as a deduction. Thank you for opening my eyes to that, right? So these are people that can enlighten you on areas that you, you were ignorant in. You didn't know. I had no idea, all right? And so these are your teachers. These uh, educators in the school systems. These are accountants. These can be your um, uh, trainers. That's what these people are. Blind, you know, some of us, me included, you know, in terms of we, we don't know what to eat. You don't know what time of day to eat. You don't know how much to eat. And so you have people, dietitians of different ones, you know, say, hey, drink eight glasses of water. Or don't eat this, don't eat that. Thank you for opening up my eyes, right? This blindness in my eating habits could cause me a premature death. Things of that nature. Moving on to the next one, I'm almost done. To set at liberty them that are bruised. This is another dimension of deliverance ministry here. This one goes a little bit deeper. <clears throat> this is going to deal with more generational, deep-rooted, I want to call them iniquities. Iniquities, okay? Here, deliverance to the captives, I'm talking about demons, I'm talking about strongholds, talking about word curses, things like that. But when we look at this fifth purpose of the anointing, <clears throat> to set at liberty them that are bruised. And I put here in, gen in italicies, um, italics, Genesis 3.15, because this goes all the way back to the beginning. So that's what I'm saying. This is a little bit more deep-rooted. These are some, maybe some generational patterns, things that are happening in the bloodline, things somebody opened up doors, and God has graced these people right here. These people, the set at liberty them that are bruised people, they know how to go in and identify it, uproot it, and set you free. Less so liberty means free. But let's talk about what that word bruise means. Remember what the Lord said in Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, verse, um, excuse me, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. This was when he was pronouncing a curse upon the serpent, right? He had already dealt with Adam and Eve. And he told Adam, what was your curse? You're going to have to work for your food. What was Eve's? You're going to have to submit to your husband, your children in pain and so forth. But he, to the serpent, he said, upon the ground, 
you'll crawl, right? So he stripped his feet out from underneath him. But then he also said, he said, you will bruise the, the um, talking about the seed of the woman. Oh, Jesus, yes, but also us. He said, you will bruise his head, but they, you will bruise his heel, excuse me, but they will bruise your head. This is that bruising. Listen to how the context of this works, people of God. This was the pronouncement of a curse that was opened through Adam, through a generational father or a generational some, something somebody in your bloodline did that opened that door that, listen, the Lord said to the serpent, listen to, listen to me carefully. He said, you will bruise his heel and he will bruise your head. So God gave us the authority, but listen, as a result, of listening to the enemy, of, of submitting to the enemy or opening the door to the enemy came that attack. It was a legal lawful attack that the enemy could bruise the heel. And so here, this anointing comes in the New Testament under the blood of Jesus, the blood covenant. Jesus says, now you will bruise, you will set at liberty them that are bruised. That goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15. So again, this type of anointing is more, um, it is, uh, it is, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's more advanced because I'm not gonna weigh one of these more than the other one. They're all important, okay? But what I am gonna say, this one just goes a little bit deeper. It, thank you, Holy Spirit. It goes further than this one. It goes deeper and further. I'm not gonna say one is stronger than the other one. We're not gonna do that. But what I will say, this goes deeper to the iniquity or the sins of the fathers. That's what this deals with. This deals with, you know, demons, demons attack, things you do in your life that you invite demons in, word curses, things of that nature, being set free, mind battles, infirmities, all of that. But when we talk about right here, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and you go back and find out what was the first mention of that word bruise, and it came out of Genesis 3.15, then this is iniquity, the iniquities of the fathers or the sins of the fathers. And there's an anointing that some people have, some have all these anointings, some people may only operate in this one. In other words, listen, here's wisdom. If this is what you need in your life, you need somebody to set you free from some generational stuff. You don't go to the person that healed a broken heart. <laughs> they gonna hug you and kiss you and make you feel wonderful and great. But guess what? You still got that generational thing happening. So that's why you have to know them which labor among you. And that's why you need to know which anointing you have. So you can say, you know what? You need to call so-and-so or let me connect you with so-and-so. Okay. Lastly, praise God, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, and I put here in italics, um, Levit I mean, in parentheses, excuse me, Leviticus 25. And this is talking about the year of Jubilee. Now, what this looked like was that acceptable year was a year of freedom. And it was, I think it was every, it was every seven years, I think, that, or the seventh year, the Lord would give the land rest, would give the people rest, the, cert, the slaves would go free, all the people's debts would be cleared. Um, <clears throat> so that was the year of the Lord's favor. Another word for that is the year of the Lord's favor, where he would set people free. It was a year of freedom. Uh, a year is literally called the year of Jubilee. And, and everything, everybody's free. Even animals, listen, land was free. Everybody was free. And so here, these are the prophetic gifts. These are the, this anointing here to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. 
is is the prophetic gift. We talk about deliverance. We talk about emotional healing. We talk about the preaching of the gospel, the teachers. Oh, you see the fivefold all through this, y'all. You see the evangelists preaching gospel to the poor, heal the broken hearted pastors, um, deliverance of the captives and set at liberty the, the apostles, um, the teachers recovering sight to the blind, and then here preaching the acceptable year of the prophets. The fivefold is right here. <laughs> they are right here. Um, so for the prophetic, it's those who have the grace from God to be able to pronounce times and seasons of favor. These are the announcements for people to come out of slavery, whatever the slavery can be. It can be slavery of depression, slavery of hardship, slavery of getting stagnant or whatever. These and this anointing here releases people from bondage and servitude. And that's what the prophets do, exhort the body of Christ. It means to lift, to equip, means to, to empower. That's what the prophets do, all right? And so these, this prophetic, this uh, function of the anointing, <clears throat> which is the last one, but again, I'm, I don't put one against the other. We all, listen, we all need all of these to work together. And so, but the, this here, uh, the preach the acceptable year of the Lord, this is the prophetic gift. That's the anointing of the prophetic gift that preaches the acceptable year. It preaches a year of jubilee. It preaches a season of God's favor. It preaches the opening of prisons to let people out. It preaches the end of a season of hardship and it, it prophesies a season of prosperity. It, 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 it prophesies against um, depression. It releases the joy of the Lord. It prophesies against garments of mourning and it releases garments of rejoicing that's what that is to preach the acceptable year literally means to pronounce or proclaim or to decree the year of the lord's favor or a season or time of the lord's favor okay so now that you have heard me struggle through this and explain to you the sixfold purposes of the anointing the next time someone says to you uh, man of God, woman of God, I see the anointing on your life. Oh, I see it. the Lord is pouring out a double measure, which I, I don't, I don't really know how that works, to be honest with you. Um, the only evidence I can see of that in scripture, and I stand corrected, is, um, is with Elijah, and that came after service, which means that Elijah, excuse me, Elisha received his measure and also Elijah's measure. And so that was the double mantle. Uh, some of these double anointings and stuff, I, 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 don't, I don't know maybe if it's misworded, but I just don't really understand a lot of that because I, for me, I have to have it substantiated in scripture. So there may be um, a full measure of the release of the anointing. I would say that, I would agree with that that there is a full measure of the release of God's anointing in your life. And what that would mean is you've got the healing, you've got the recovery sites to the blind, you've got the, all of that stuff has to be operating. Okay, so you need to know that when people say stuff like that to you, when people say stuff like, to you, like that to you, you need to know what that means. You need to, first of all, you can judge and you can almost tell off the bat if they even know what they're talking about. And, and that's just me. I can tell by what you prophesy if you know what you're talking about because <laughs> it has to be substantiated in scripture for jesus christ the testimony of jesus christ is the spirit of prophecy you can't get away from that the word confirms the word all right so for those of you 
who will enroll at a future point in the Apostolic College, Soteria Apostolic College of Biblical Studies, this will be your assignment. It would be located in this, there's a live document. You can actually practice it now if you want. tinyurl.com slash anointed purpose. And here's what that assignment would look like. Because I'm not just going to teach it to you, but I want you to go back and study it for yourself. Okay. Be like the Bereans. They heard Paul and they said, thank you. Give me the scripture. Let me go look it up myself. So the assignment would look like identify each manifestation of the anointing. Which manifested anointing empowers the deliverance minister? Now, let me give you an answer to that one. Remember what I said? Uh, to set the captives free, or preach deliverance to the captives. That would be the answer for that. Another question is, which manifested anointing empowers the gift of wise counsel? And then the day of Jubilee may refer to which season of a person's life? Second part of the assignment. Which manifestations of the anointing are evidence in your life? That's practical application. Now you sit down and you think about the word that you've heard and you look at yourself truthfully measure the anointing uh, or the, the, the outpouring of the anointing in your life. If you have one, praise God. If you have all of them, praise God. One, one doesn't make you better than the other one. Because listen, if you've got one and somebody's coming to you for something you don't have, send them to somebody who has it, you know, and you would have done them well. So just take some time to acknowledge, okay, which, which manifestation of that anointing do I have in my life? And look at it and then maximize it, work on it, study it, grow it, develop it, okay? Um, and then submit the assignment. So this is going to conclude um, the uh, lesson in